is the Wrestling with Edwards podcast, and I am your host, Scotty Wrestling. This week, this week is different. Most of my shows every week, I like to keep this very positive mindset. Talk about the good from weekly television. Talk about the good from stardom and other things like that. But this week, this week we talk about the good of one professional wrestler and one of the best family men the world's ever seen. On Saturday, it was announced by AEW that Brody Lee, uh, uh, real name John Huber, WWE name Luke Harper, passed away. And I, like many others in the wrestling community, were stunned shocked because we had no idea this was going on we had no clue that he was in bad health of any sort all we thought was he's out injured you know following that dog collar match with Cody Rhodes for the TNT title and we just thought you know what taking time off good for him spend time with the family he'll come back and he will leave the dark order and that'll be that but that's not that's not what the case was, and we know what the case was now. And, you know, I'm recording this Wednesday night. AEW has aired, went off the air. NXT has aired, off, went off the air. So I will be covering both shows. And last week I didn't get to cover AEW at all. And I was going to cover what I saw last week, and then I was going to cover what happened this week. Because this week was supposed to be the start of the New Year's Bash. That's not the case anymore. If you heard at the top of the show, I made a custom custom opening for Brody Lee because he's a guy that we learned this week. Everyone in professional wrestling has met and has felt something so deep because this was one of the good guys. This was one of those guys in wrestling that was a family man was a great professional wrestler and clearly left an impact that will be very missed what AEW did tonight was nothing short of fantastic what they did was a beautiful tribute show as they brought in Brody's family, his two kids, and his wife, and put on a show that was the TV show of the year. On the second to last day of 2020, they delivered a show that will be remembered forever. And what I want to do on this show, like I said, is remember Brody Lee for who he was. From what we saw of him on television, whether it be WWE or AEW. I also want to talk what happened on the show. And then I'll get into the rest of the week. So, let's get into it. I wanted to talk about my favorite 
Brody Lee moments. Whether it be him as Luke Harper or Brody Lee, whether it be him in the Wyatt family of the Dark Order, there are moments from each that made me believe in who Brody Lee was. Uh, let's start off with perhaps my favorite m- match that Brody Lee has been involved in as Luke Harper, as the Wyatt family squared off with the Shield at Elimination Chamber 2014. This was a match carried by all six men. The roof blew off the arena that night because this was a massive match. Two of the best factions WWE had in the 2010, uh, 2010s. And two of the two factions that will go down in history in WWE. Went to blows in a match that delivered in every way, shape, or form. And that's difficult. That is difficult to do with such excitement. Like a match like that had. The Wyatt family walked out on front, but on top. But what I remember from that match most is how Luke Harper showed that he was a star that night. Seth Rollins was going crazy in that match. I can remember this because I was like, okay. I was a big Seth Rollins fan, still am. And what I came out of that was two things, and I still come out of it you know, watching all these years later. Seth Rollins was the star that night as he made these crazy dives back and forth to take out the Wyatt family. But Luke Harper was just as much of a star because he matched those crazy dives at his incredible size, had the fans on his feet, and showed the world that he was someone deserving of a main spot. Now... He never got that in WWE, but what he did get was an Intercontinental Championship run, and that's where our next moment goes that I loved of Brody Lee slash Luke Harper's career. As the Intercontinental Champion, later that year, he defended it against Dolph Ziggler in a ladder match at tables, ladders, and chairs, and stairs. To end the year, him and Ziggler put each other through hell in one of the best ladder matches you will see between just two individuals. Because I think a lot of the ladder matches that a lot of people remember nowadays are the crazy TLC1 uh, tag team matches. Because that's mostly what WWE does and I can't even think of other companies that really do ladder matches all that much. Besides Ring of Honor. Um, I don't think AEW has done one yet. But they will. And going back to this match. This match. I believe it kicked off the pay-per-view. And it allowed. You know both men. Who have both been underutilized. In their WWE careers. To shine for the title. That once made a superstar. The Intercontinental Championship. It's one of my favorite Brody Lee matches. It is my favorite Dolph Ziggler match. It's phenomenal. And I plead with you to go back and watch it. Dolph Ziggler comes out on top, but 
Both of them were made stars that night. Um, another moment I love from Brody Lee's career was the entire story of the Wyatt family and Randy Orton. Because Luke Harper in that story became a superstar. He was becoming the baby face that they wanted Randy Orton to become. And he had an excellent match with Randy Orton in Elimination Chamber. But the moment I'm talking about here is in the Royal Rumble 2017. When he comes down to the ring, Bray stares him down. Uh, Randy's looking at him. And, you know, Bray's trying to get him back on his side. And he pretty much, you know, shoots the arrow at him. Takes him out with a devastating um, spinning lariat. And I just, the roof blew off the, I believe that was the, was that the, um, was that, was that San Antonio that year? Yes, I believe it was. Either way, it was, it was fantastic. It was special. And it was another one of those moments where I remember telling myself, this guy, this guy has the tools to be a star. And I remember telling my cousin, my friend that Luke Harper has what it takes to be a star. They just have to give him the chance. And unfortunately, they never gave him the chance. But who did was AEW. And Luke Harper went to AEW, became the exalted one for the Dark Order. And I know I can openly say I have been critical of the Dark Order. I have. I was critical of how AEW had Brody Lee lose big matches early because that's something AEW did this year. They had their big guys like Brody, like Lance Archer, lose massive matches. He had that great match with John Moxley, but he lost, and that story felt rushed. I wish that story got to tell more time, but that match delivered. Um, it wasn't Brody that I was upset with. Brody was doing all he could, and, you know, I didn't watch BTE, but I did watch uh, the special tribute BTE they did this week, and it was it was funny, and it was great. And I understood why so many people love the Dark Order, because if that's the Dark Order they're seeing, then yeah, they're enjoyable and they're entertaining, so I get that. But my, fa- my final favorite moment of Brody Lee was his TNT Championship match with Cody, where he became champion. This was the perfect way to build a big man. It gives me that remembrance of the Brock Lesnar-John Cena match, in a sense, because Cody was riding high for a very long time in this company. He won the inaugural uh, TNT title match between him and Lance Archer to become champion and was defending week in and week out, looking dominant, looking dominant, having these great matches. And then he faced Brody Lee. And kind of out of nowhere, Brody Lee destroyed him. He destroyed him. He sent him away for a month, month and a half. And it was that moment that. I was like, okay, the Dark Order is now turning the ta- the page. They are now becoming this faction that a lot of people saw them to have the potential to. 
And for a long time, the Dark Order needed that leader, and Brody Lee was that leader. And this moment is his finest. It was perfect, and it was the time to crown him as champion. So, as we discuss that TNT title, um, tonight on the tribute show... It was announced that that TNT championship design, you know, the inaugural, uh, the red with the gold TNT championship, will be retired. It was given to Brody Lee Jr. in the middle of the ring to end the show. As Tony Khan said, he is the greatest TNT champion of all time. And this belt is getting retired. He said it. He handed it to them. And, you know... When I first saw it, I was like, oh, cool. They're going to give him a replica belt. No, no, no. On the post-show, it was revealed that that was the belt. That was the TNT Championship. They are redesigning it because that is Brody Lee's title. And I thought that was such a great honor and such a great tribute to Brody Lee. Now... Let's talk the rest of the tribute show. The Dark Order went undefeated on the night, and I think that was the right move. Um, Lots of entertaining action. Uh, Preston Vance looked great. John Silver, with emotion in his eyes, hit a spinning lariat to win his match. It was an emotional night all around. Uh, They started off with... Ten, the Ten Bell Salute with every roster member on the stage as they honored Brody. It was a night that was perfect for wrestlers, wrestling fans. And maybe the moment, one of the best moments of the night was when Eric Rowan, um, now goes by Eric Redbeard, appeared and helped... John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Hangman Page, when uh, Wardlow tried to screw them out of a win, he appeared, took out Wardlow, came back out at the end of the match, and held up the sign. And the sign was, you know, it was perfect. Because, you know, as he has tears going down his face, the sign reads, and I quote, Goodbye for now, my brother. See you down the road. Rowan and Harper were connected at the hip for a long time. As part of the Wyatt family, as a tag team, the Bludgeon Brothers, they were tag team champions, multiple, multi-time tag team champions. They were partners. And, you know, I haven't talked about the tributes that we saw all week long. Uh, Big E seems to post two or three every single day. Sami Zayn, two. But Bray's... Braze and Eric Rowan's really hit me because these are two guys that spent the majority of the past decade with each other. And uh, you felt that pain that they had. And that's what made this night so wonderful. Um, And, you know, they capped off the night perfectly. They had this... uh, Sorry... They had this video tribute. It involved 
so many photos that people posted. Uh, you saw Bray Wyatt, Becky Lynch, um, Eric Rowan, and Luke Harper holding the SmackDown Tag Team titles. You saw highlights of his AEW career. You saw AEW wrestlers with him smiling. You saw picture after picture with him and his family. It was a beautiful way to end the night. And what AEW did for that family and what they did to honor Brody Lee will forever be remembered. And just like Brody Lee, who will also forever be remembered. This this was a tough week for the wrestling community. It still is. And supposedly, per reports, um, WWE is currently making a video to honor Brody, um, Luke Harper. So I'm, I'm, I think it's going to possibly air on SmackDown, which, you know, it makes sense. A lot of people were complaining about the way Raw, uh, WWE presented the death of John Huber on Raw. And, you know, you heard comments throughout the night. Um, it's Monday, you know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Xavier Woods hit a spinning lariat. Um, there was a number of people that had moved to honor him. And people were complaining because they wanted a video tribute. And supposedly, WWE's working on one. And I, you know, I thought about it. Why did they not have it ready? Well, listen, they... I think some of that has to do with COVID. They're not all at the building at the same time anymore. So, they probably film stuff on Monday with the Raw talent. Perhaps... Wednesday night with the NXT, and then Friday they'll probably film something, hopefully put it all together, and either put something on the network or the show, because this love and outpouring for Luke Harper, Brody Lee, John Huber, whichever you may call him, is not going away, and nor should it, nor should it. Um, we're still waiting for the return of Bray Wyatt to WWE television. That will be even more. Um, there's no one that will love the work of him possibly more than Bray. They were they were closer than anything. If you read his Instagram post, you know that. And when he returns, there's going to be an ode to Brody somehow, some way, in his everyday work, not just his, not just his one promo when he returns. No, there's going to be a lot there, and I look forward to that. Um, it was a tough week, and to all those fans that are still having a tough time, to all those wrestlers that are still having a tough time, I have your back if you ever need anything. But I'm not the only one. Um, there's so many of us out there. Uh, I believe it might have been Cody or Mox tonight that said more than ever wrestling is a community uh it was moxley and the past 72 hours have shown that more than anything this professional wrestling is a beautiful art form a beautiful sport i wrote an article about how my passion for pro wrestling was re-inspired this year by stardom and it's been re-inspired again by the love and outpouring for 
a fallen friend, a fallen colleague in in John Huber. Um, that's why professional wrestling is so different from everything else. I feel like um, you 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 come together in a way that even even the most toxic fans can't ruin. There's there's fans out there. There's people out there that try to ruin things. But it's the power of care, the power of love that beats them and makes this professional wrestling community stronger. So with that being said, rest in peace, Brody Lee. Rest in peace, John Huber. We will miss you. You may be gone now, but you will never be forgotten. Rest in peace. Wake up your mind. So with with that with that now in the past um, with, you know with that handled because I wanted to take my time to honor him because he was a guy that I always thought had big things in his future um, WWE wasted him like you wouldn't believe but that's not what this topic's about what the topic is about is what he was as a wrestler as a family man as a friend and that's what it'll be about so let's get to the rest of the agenda uh let's talk smackdown let's talk smackdown because smackdown had a great moment that can put a smile on anyone's face biggie became the intercontinental championship become <laughs> became the intercontinental champion on Christmas Day and you know that's that's just the beginning of this wonderful rise that Biggie is on Biggie is going to be the universal champion and if it's not within 2021 it will be at WrestleMania in 2022 because what he has is everything you want in a superstar. You want athleticism. You want the physique. You want the charisma. You want the promo work. Biggie has it all. And most, most importantly, perhaps, he has that big heart. That big heart that any fan can get behind. And he displays that. This Intercontinental Championship win was a moment that we needed because that was the perfect way to end the WWE year, really, in my opinion. Yeah, Raw happened, but that was the final SmackDown of the year, and it was perfect. Um, SmackDown actually broke the scale this week. And when I say broke the scale, I mean they delivered in viewership. Um, I believe they averaged somewhere in the three millions. They broke four million for the Roman Reigns Kevin Owens match starting off. They had the most watched show a SmackDown of the year on the final one, um, and 
you can't help but love that. Uh, Roman Reigns is a draw. And, you know, going into 2021, you can't have better champions on one brand, I think. You got the Street Profits as the tag team champions. They are great. They are the best tag team WWE has right now. Uh, you have Sasha Banks, who is on a completely different level from everyone right now. Even Bailey, who I have long cheered for, still do. But Sasha Banks is a star, is a superstar. She treats herself like that. And that's that's how you give off that star power. She feels like a star. She knows she's a star. And 2021 is going to be a great year for the boss. Um, and then you got Big E now. Big E is the Intercontinental Champion. Can't ask for much more there. That's the future world champion right there. This Intercontinental Championship is being used to build a future world champion. Much like it once did. It's doing that again right now. And of course you have Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion. There isn't a more popular champion right now in televised American wrestling, I think. Uh, Roman Reigns is doing everything right. Everything right. He's must-see TV. WWE hasn't had must-see TV in a long time. But I think everything on SmackDown is must-see right now. And, of course, this Friday, the Messiah Seth Rollins returns. So, they are getting a chip back into the um, onto the table that they didn't necessarily need yet. But that's huge. Um, because Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is a former world champion. Seth Rollins is one of the top guys in the company. And Seth Rollins is one of the better heels they have. Um, and hopefully he's moved on from the mysterious stuff. The last time we saw him was he served himself as a sacrifice for the greater good in the Survivor Series uh, men's elimination match. So this will be really interesting to see where he goes. Hopefully it's nowhere near Mysterio, and it's down a different road. Uh, Kevin Owens is a possibility to rehash that, um, but... He has to work with someone new, I think. Uh, that's something I've been waiting for. I think Daniel Bryan would be a good first feud for Rollins. Maybe that can be the WrestleMania match, those two. That would be awesome. Or you can always turn him back babyface, which is going to happen eventually because how do you pass up Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins right now? I don't think you can. So that will be interesting to see what he does, but the Messiah is back. Um, on to Raw I talked about Xavier Woods honoring Brody I talked about others honoring Brody so we'll skip that for now um, Keith Lee defeated Sheamus to earn a shot at Drew McIntyre in the WWE Championship on the first Raw of the new year on Raw Legends very exciting stuff um Keith Lee versus McIntyre. This was Keith Lee's first WWE Championship match. And I remember myself being down in the dumps when I heard that he was getting sent back to the PC. Clearly, it wasn't a bad thing because he's, you know, fighting for the WWE Championship. And I know Ricochet did the same last year. We look at him now. But this is different. I think this is the beginning of something big. Keith Lee is a star. Keith Lee should be world champion in 2021, and I think Keith Lee will be world champion in 2021. 
So I'm excited for that. Uh, on to NXT. Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Bronson Reed kicked off the show. And I thought that was a perfect way to have the final NXT of the year because, to me, these two can be major players in the NXT North American title picture this year. Uh, Swerve's got all the tools. He's got the charisma. He's got the ability. And I think Bronson Reed does too. Bronson Reed returned last week. And I love his gimmick. They're going the Colossal. He's got like this Godzilla type thing going on. Cool entrance music. A cool look. I think, I think he has what it takes to have an awesome run. So I'm interested to see where those two go. Um, you know, like a Kushida Swerve feud for the NXT North American Championship, that would be sweet. That would be sweet. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to um, down the line. Zia Lee and Boa will make their re-debut next week, and I think the mystery lady will be showing up as well. So that's exciting. I'm really intrigued by uh, this group. Um, they've had some very cool uh, videos that have been produced, and it's intriguing every time you watch it because you just—it's so much uncertainty. But you know, Zaylee's a very talented wrestler. Boa, from what I've seen, pretty good kickboxer. He could be pretty good too. Um, but I'm very excited for Zaylee to get this chance to shine. And I'm very excited to see what they do next week. Next week is New Year's Evil. Next week is a packed show. AEW and NXT are going all out to start the year. And we, as wrestling fans, were very lucky. And since I said New Year's Evil's next week, I am going to make a prediction for the Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly match. Um, as they were talking in the ring tonight, Karrion Cross and Scarlett came down saying, TikTok. Because we know Karrion Cross is going to go for the title. But my prediction for Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor is Kyle O'Reilly becoming the NXT champion. I know that's probably insane. I'm probably going to be wrong. Um, good thing this isn't part of my prediction show, which will air next week. Don't you worry. I'll have plenty of predictions to go all around um, for WWE, Stardom, and AEW. So don't don't worry about that. And I'll be reviewing New Year's Evil and New Year Bash Night 1. So be excited for that. Uh, but I think Kyle O'Reilly becomes champion. And this will be kind of like a Keith Lee situation to me. It won't be a long run, but it'll be a run where he could say he was champion. I think Kyle O'Reilly's earned it. I think Kyle O'Reilly deserves it. I think he's telling a great story right now. That, you know, no one else is telling. Like, I understand Karen Cross is going to be champion again. I get it. It's fine. But at the same time, does he really need to be? Like, would Kyle O'Reilly 
running the division be more exciting than Cross? Because Cross should get called up soon, I think. Already. I don't think he needs this long run in NXT. He runs me like a Kevin Owens type. You know? And I think a Raw could use a carrying Cross. So, while, yes, Karen Cross will probably be a two-time NXT champion, I will still say I think Kyle Riley wins it. I think Kyle Riley becomes NXT champion next week. So, that's that's it for me this week. Um, a short show, 20 minutes of talk about Brody Lee. Um, and then, you know, not too much to wrap up. Next week's the big week. We got New Year's Bash Night 1. We got New Year's Evil. And we got the Prediction Show. So while this show is shorter, next week's show will be longer. Um, you can check out my articles on Last Word on Sports. Because I've been very busy this week. I have a new War of the Words about Big E inspiring Kofi Mania. That was exciting. And I really would like if you guys could all check out my article on how stardom re-inspired my love for professional wrestling. We will be talking stardom again next week. This week this week was about Brody. So, you know, check out my articles. Follow me on Twitter at Scotty Rathlin. Um, and keep, keep Brody Lee in your thoughts because... He's a great dude, and, you know, I wanted to end the show with this more than anything. He currently has uh, a brand new t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, it's already the highest selling shirt within 24 hours in Pro Wrestling Tees history. So I would like all of you to Jump on there and check it out. Because it's called Brody Lee Exalt in Heaven. Uh, grab yourself one. All the proceeds go to the family of Brody Lee. For that reason alone, it should be bought. Otherwise, folks, I'm Scotty Wrestling. This is the Wrestling with Edwards podcast. Rest in peace, Brody Lee. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Come back for the prediction shows next week. And as always, stay safe, everyone. We'll see you next week.